0: You're listening to audio recorded at Mount Air First Christian Church. For more resources or to contact us, look us up at www.mountairfirstchristianchurch.org. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Grass withers, the flower fades, the word of our God stands forever. So this morning as we are Moving on in our series through Colossians, we're going to be looking at this incredibly exciting prayer from Paul and his prayer for the church at Colossae. And the the sentence that I want to dial in on this morning is there in verse 11, where he prays that they would be strengthened with all power according to God's glorious might. Who doesn't want power like that? What an incredible prayer, really, when you think about what Paul is praying for this church, that they would be strengthened with all power, the power of God's glorious might. When you think of God's glorious might, when you think of God's power, this all power, what, what are some of the images that come to your mind when you think about God and all power and His glory of His might? You might think of like the plagues in Egypt, where God was able to just do all these incredible things to bring uh, judgment upon the people there in, in Egypt, upon Pharaoh and his rebellion. You might think of the parting of the Red Sea where they are there at the Red Sea and the staff is lifted over the Red Sea by Moses and the waters part and the people walk through as on dry ground. You might think of the healing of incredible diseases like Naaman who's got leprosy and, and is, is told to go and wash and he, he does and his leprosy is cured. You might think of Jesus and his incredible miracles where he's out asleep on the boat and he wakes up because the storm comes upon the Sea of Galilee and they they think that it's going to be swamped, they're all going to drown. And Jesus wakes up and he rebukes the storm. Be still. And it goes still. The incredible might that Jesus had, maybe of Jesus' incredible miracle working, his rebuking of demons, his command over supernatural spirits, that he would just tell a demon to flee, and they would. And the demons would ask for mercy. They'd say, please, have, have mercy on us. We know who you are. This incredible, glorious might that God has. You might just think of creation itself. I mean, we, we've lost a lot of our wonder as our years go on at just the incredible reality of this world that God has made. And, and as, as spring comes around and how the rain waters the earth. And uh, just yesterday, I walked by... Uh, Andy and Jennifer Kellner's and mushrooms had popped up out of the ground and so Andy kind of gave me a little nerd, a uh, little like talk about how the mushrooms grow and he's gonna did, did some spore prints and he sent me the um, text this morning of how the mushrooms will i have like all of you I've lost the whole crowd at this point <laughs> <laughs> everyone online just clicked off yeah mushroom spores whatever I don't care and it was so cool uh, this, the, just the creation, God's mighty power and his diversity that he has created, just what God has done. It's it kind of like how Psalm 148 speaks in this way. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For he commanded... And they were created. He established them forever and ever. He gave a decree. He spoke. (laughs) And it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling his words, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars. I mean, we... We eat fruit that grows out of dirt and sunlight and water, out of the tree that bears a fruit of many different kinds that we eat. And it's delicious. I mean, the wonders, the, the the incredibly great power that God has. You can read on there in Psalm 148. But Paul's prayer... Is that the church in Colossae, and I think that consequently all Christians, we can pray these prayers for ourselves as well, as well, would be strengthened with all God's power according to his glorious might. Who doesn't want that kind of strength operating on their behalf? Everyone wants that kind of strength. You'd be silly to not want this prayer to be manifested in your life. God strengthened me. With all your power, according to your glorious might. Yes, God, do that. So then, what does it mean to be filled with this mighty power? Last week I was here at the church later than normal uh, doing various things, but. I got a phone call and someone called the church, called the church office, which is odd. I don't really, mean I mean, we don't get very many phone calls except from people trying to sell me more new car insurance uh, or new warranty on my car. Everyone's getting those. How many people are getting those calls for a new car warranty? All of our warranties are expired. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, it was, but it wasn't, that, that wasn't the call. This, this lady called and the first thing she says to me was, do you believe in miracles? And as a Christian, I have to say Yeah, I mean, God created the world out of nothing, what we just read there in Romans. God spoke and everything came into being. So certainly I believe in miracles. I believe in the part of the Red Sea. I believe in the incarnation, which is that Jesus Christ, God, the second member of the Trinity, became flesh through the Virgin Mary. It's an incredible miracle that Jesus, that God put on flesh and that he a real man, and that he died and rose from the dead, really died, yet really rose. So if someone asks you if you believe in miracles, as a Christian, you have to say, if you're a real Christian, you have to say, yeah, my salvation is a miracle that God took a dead heart and brought it to new life, giving me eyes to see and to believe and trust in Christ is a miracle. So yes, you have to say, "Uh, of course I believe in miracles. Now, I believe these things, but to make this story, shorten it a little bit, what she was requesting is that she had a brother that had just recently died. Didn't give me a timeline. I don't know if it was days or hours or what. She wanted me to pray that he would come back to life. Uh, She wanted this miracle of her brother uh, to not be dead. And she starts quoting to me, um, I'll name the names, I guess. And She says, Andrew Womack Ministries. His son had been raised from the dead, and she, started, she said some other ministries that I wasn't familiar with, quoted me a few, or not Bible verses, but Bible references, which is an interesting way to quote the Bible, to say, well, this chapter, Matthew 11, whatever, four or something, says this, we'll receive back the dead. And so, just kind of threw all this stuff at me and was kind of was really only going to accept that I was going to pray that God would raise her loved one from the dead. Well, I had to tell her that I'd be glad to pray for her, but that I'm not going to make demands of God for her. I mean, I think too many of us, as I look around in this congregation, have lost people that we love before it was time, and God did not promise us that we would get everyone back from the dead. <laughs> that, that, is not, that is not the promise that we have. I told her that God doesn't guarantee that he will keep our loved ones from death and that those teachers that she was listening to weren't helping her. They were teaching her false doctrine. They weren't, they weren't helping her. But again, she just, she persisted. I want prayer for you to raise, for for God to raise my brother from the dead. And I told her I'd be glad to pray for her, but I didn't even know her name at this point. (laughs) I'm like, I don't even know who you are. To which she said, well, I don't want to tell you my name because I don't want you praying for me unless you agree to pray that my brother's going to be raised. It was a weird phone call. But anyway, so I said I would gladly pray for God's will be done. I don't even know your name, though. And she said that if I'm not going to be praying for that, then then, then she doesn't want the prayers, which I said, well, then obviously this isn't going to work out. You know, thanks for calling, you know, when we said our goodbyes. But does she have it right or do I? I mean, because, you know, we, I kind of throw that out there. And we know experientially, but, but honestly, okay, so Paul is praying that this church would be strengthened with God's all of his power. And that all power there is, is a, it's a superlative, I mean, a way to speak of it. It's, it's meaning all power, that they'd be strengthened with God, all of his power, according to his glorious and So Paul is stacking up this power that the Christian church is supposed to be filled with. You can find countless individuals parading as Christian pastors and leaders who will tell you that that lady on the phone had it exactly right. That that we need to be praying for all this strength and all this power. Just this past week I heard John Hagee, he's a television preacher, tried to take Deuteronomy 6, which is the Mosaic Covenant, and say that applies to us today. That God wants everything to go well and for us to prosper and to have nothing but good happen to us, according to, Deut- to Deuteronomy chapter 6. That's the Mosaic Covenant, it's not the New Covenant, we could spend a lot of time talking about it, but that's not... That's not that's not what that's communicating. It's communicating to the children of Israel under their specific covenant. But you can find people who will tell you that that is what God wants. They'll say, "You want to be wealthy? God wants you to be wealthy too. You want to be healthy? God wants that for you too. You want a perfect marriage? Well, I got good news for you. God wants your marriage to just be perfect and thriving and wonderful too. You want well-behaved children? Well." Thankfully, God wants that too. You want a family that celebrates everything you do? God wants that too. And it's a very attractive lie that that this, this, this power means that I get then everything, that, that God does everything I want him to do. What that mindset does is it promotes, first of all, a love for this world, which 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 just commands us flat out, do not love the things of this world, If you do, the love of the Father is not within you. It puts your heart upon the things of this life. God, you've got to do this thing for me here temporally in order for me to be satisfied and happy and fulfilled. It puts your heart in love with the things of this world. And it basically makes you God and God your butler. God, you must do this thing that I want you to do. But besides that, what we see is something completely different from the lives of Christ's followers in Scripture. Right at the start of the book of Acts, the 7th chapter, it's easier to remember, Acts chapter 7 is this big, long sermon from Stephen, one of the, the, this great deacon filled with God's power, I would say. He's full of the Holy Ghost, recognized by the church as this incredible deacon, he gives this large sermon to the religious leaders. And how does that end for Stephen? Does anybody know the answer to that question? How does it end for Stephen? He gets stoned. He He doesn't prosper. He doesn't go on well fed. He doesn't doesn't have this great successful life ahead of him. He's stoned and the apostles don't gather around and raise Stephen from the dead. His life doesn't go out exactly as you would maybe temporally, um, circumstantially want it to go. But listen also to Paul's explanation of his life in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. He gives this uh, interesting just kind of relay, bragging. He's, he's writing against these super apostles, they're called, but they're the false apostles. But he's writing about the, against these super apostles, speaking of his own life. And he's going to be a fool. It says, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, the middle of verse 21. But whatever anyone else dares to boast of, I'm speaking as a fool, I also dare to boast of that. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they offsprings of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I'm talking like a madman. With far greater labors. Now hear his boast. Hear his boast of the Christian life. Far greater labors far more imprisonments, thirst often without food in cold and exposure that's a list and apart from these other things there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches who is weak and I am not weak who is made to fall and I am not indignant but if I must boast I will boast of the things that show my weakness earlier in 2nd Corinthians chapter 6 he speaks of what it is to be commendable among them he's in chapter 6 verse uh, 4 he says uh, to commend themselves oh I, I jumped all the way to 1st Corinthians my bad 2nd Corinthians chapter 6 he says that we commend ourselves but as servants of God we commend ourselves in every way what's their commendation great endurance and afflictions Hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, the power of God, the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and the left. Through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, we are treated as impostors, and yet true, as unknown, yet well known, as dying, and behold, we live. As punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing everything. There's a picture of the Christian life. So Paul prays, we're trying to merge these things together. What does it mean when he's praying? They'd be strengthened with all God's mighty power. And then we look at the life of Paul and we say, well, he's a mess. (laughs) Who wants that life? where he's going through so much toil and so much struggle, how can that person pray that God would strengthen with all his mighty power? How can that individual think they are strengthened with all of God's mighty power? Well, we gotta finish the sentence. So all of that buildup was just to get to this finish of the sentence. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for what? For all endurance and patience. With joy. What is the filling of God's mighty power and His glorious might in our lives? How does that manifest? For all endurance and patience with joy. That's what it means to be filled with God's powers. There is a joy that will carry you to a glorious future. Being strengthened with God's glorious might is having joy in Jesus through all of life's ups and downs. Being strengthened with God's glorious might is having joy in Jesus through all of life's ups and downs. Endurance and patience with joy in Jesus Christ. This is a joy that will carry you to a glorious future. Paul is no stranger to the difficulties that life brings. So he prays for them that they'd be strengthened with God's power. Not that the difficulties are all of a sudden removed and magically everything's made better. He prays they'd be strengthened with God's mighty power for all endurance and patience with joy. Because being strengthened with God's glorious might is having joy in Jesus through all of life's ups and downs that will keep you so that you might have endurance and patience. Now, does that seem anticlimactic to you? Like, strengthened with God's power and all these incredible things that God has done in creating the world and all these miracles that are worked. And then we say, you're going to be strengthened with God's power for endurance and patience. It can seem almost anticlimactic. If you're going if you're to be honest about it, you think, well, gosh, there's, this could, life could be amazing or we could just have endurance and patience. And that's the way it feels. It doesn't have dazzle and all the pizzazz of a TV preacher who's saying to you everything is going to be wonderful for your life from now on it's saying you're going to have endurance and patience through all of the ups and downs of this life but if you don't hear what an incredible prayer that that is then you are underestimating you are underestimating the difficulties that this fallen life brings our way you are underestimating the difficulty that it actually is to endure and to have patience and joy in Jesus through all the difficulties that come your way. If you've lived through some things, you know that endurance and patience through the ups and downs of life is no small task. That's a miracle in and of itself, that the Christian through all the hard times would stay a Christian, (laughs) would stay trusting in Jesus, would keep their joy in Christ, through all everything going wrong around them, their life going upside down, and they would stay enduring and patient and joyful in Jesus. That is a miracle. <laughs> that is the power of God manifesting in a Christian's life. We think, and it seems like the, the TV preachers are out there saying, you know, oh, there's, there's these poor Christians out there. All they're believing God for is the forgiveness of their sins. All they're believing God for is, is, is the right standing, righteousness given to them through faith in Christ. All they're believing God for is an eternity with Him and in His joy forever. What small faith they would portray that as. That is absolutely the incredible miracle of salvation, that God would save. This is no small prayer. And in fact, we got, we got to see the difference. If God could give us lilies and roses all the rest of this life, at some point, that's at max, what, 100, 105 years, and then it's nothing. That if God could strengthen us with all this power to give us exactly what we want, that burns out. That will fail, that will end. But if He can strengthen us with His mighty power for all endurance and patience, in joy, trusting in Jesus, that has a dividend that pays off for eternity, that we would know Him and be with Him forever. Any temporary request that you may get filled in this life is puny in comparison to the eternal life that Jesus promises. So why is this prayer for the strengthening of God's might for our endurance and patience important? Because the day comes when you do realize that this marriage that I'm in, it's not all that I thought it would be. Parenting isn't as fulfilling as I thought it would be. My vocation eventually just becomes another job with paperwork and things to do. I thought it would be this thing that was going to give me purpose and meaning and now it's a burden. Even my hobbies, I lose interest in them. I go real, you know, I might, they, 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 everything kind of doesn't end up satisfying. My health, even my body, ends up failing me. My health, the, and the worst of all, eventually the day comes, if God is gracious and merciful to us, sometimes we're left Some are left in this, ignorant in this reality. But if God is gracious and merciful, we realize we aren't all we thought we were either. We come to the end of ourselves. We We thought we could make it all happen. We thought we were doing good. And then we find out that it isn't all the things around us that are failing us. We even are falling short. We begin to realize we are not all that we thought we could be. So what does God do? When he doesn't take all these things we've elevated as gods, marriage, relationships, uh, family, uh, vocation, uh, uh, intelligence, uh, health, all these things we lift it up and say, give me purpose, give me meaning, make my life mean something, God doesn't come in and say, okay, you want that, let me help you get your idol. Let me help you get what will condemn you ultimately. He doesn't do that. He doesn't give them to us to satisfy our idolatry. If he did that, if we were strengthened with all God's powers to get all the things that we just wanted, it would leave us in the final analysis condemned. Because we have never repented, we've never trusted in Christ. We've just looked to God as our divine butler, not the Lord of the universe, who has wrath coming towards us as sinners, who we need to repent, but that we need to repent of, and trust in Christ for our salvation. He doesn't just give in to us, give us into our idolatries. One of God's acts of grace towards us is when that veil is pulled back, and we see those empty idols for what they are. It forces us to look somewhere else for our satisfaction and fulfillment, somewhere where it can actually be found. Life fails you, and we need, you need endurance and patience in trusting the God who does not fail. But it's no glum endurance and patience either. So we don't want to paint the picture that God strengthened me with all your power with according to your glorious mights for endurance and patience. And just like a, a, a beast under a burden, I'm going to endure. It's not what Paul prays, right? It's endurance and patience with joy. Now, we could go into all sorts of, the commentaries go into all sorts of debate on is the joy with the, with the endurance and patience or is the joy with the thanksgiving. But I think the whole ethos of the passage is under this, under this burden, this reality of this joy that, that, that exists in a Christian's life. This joy being spoken of by Paul in modifying this endurance and patience is because of the thankfulness and the security of what the believer in Jesus already has through faith by grace in Jesus. What we're gonna look at next Sunday is this reality, but you can look on down there in the end of this passage. The reality of the gospel, we have been delivered From the domain of darkness, transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. God has taken his enemies, he has taken rebels, and he has forgiven them of their sins through the work of Christ on the cross, and he has made them his family. He has secured them to himself. Paul intends this great gospel message to be the Christian's fuel for joyful endurance and patience through life's many trials. And we know they are many. It goes on, it does this by declaring to us God's great love for us and promise to those who are his. That they have been brought into his family and no matter the disappointment, no matter the failures, no matter the trials, no matter even the death that occurs in this life he will not leave them disappointed in the final analysis. Prayers for God's strengthening with all of his mighty power, according to his glorious might, for patience and endurance with joy, that no matter what occurs in this life, no matter the ups and downs that happen to me, it cannot tear me away from my God who has saved me through the work of Jesus Christ. He will not leave his people disappointed in the final analysis. And what we need is for God to strengthen us for all endurance and patience with joy because of what we have in Christ. Do you know this joy? You can. You can. It is found in Christ and in his redemption alone. My plea, if you want to be strengthened with God's very own glorious might and power, trust in Christ. Put your joy in him so that through all of life's ups and downs, you might have great endurance and patience, knowing that you are God's and that he is yours. Let's pray. Father, strengthen us. It's no small prayer. Strengthen us with all power according to your glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. As we take a few minutes here this morning to specifically quiet our hearts before you and remember the broken body, the shed blood of our Savior, Father, as we think about the reality that we deserve your wrath, and yet through Christ, we receive your favor. Father, well up in our hearts, the great joy that should result because of that gospel news and that it would strengthen us with all of your power for endurance and patience with joy every one of our days from here on out. Pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.